0: You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church, to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church, to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode.
1: Hello and welcome to Series 3. We've made it to Series 3 of... The Worship Review. Somehow it's happened, and it has happened, and for some reason people are still listening, and they're uh, in store for a treat for this series. We are going to do 10 episodes looking at the top song from each of the top 10 countries that listen to this podcast. So it should be exciting. My name is Colin. I'm a history professor in a large research university in the Midwest. I don't know why I say large. It just... I could just say research university, I suppose. I but think
0: you're full of yourself.
1: Maybe that's what it is. There's so many students at my university. Uh, anyway, that's that's me, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tyler.
0: I'm a linguist, a former worship leader, as I was called, and a—well, that's what I am. All-around good was, guy. Yeah, I, I did that last time. I, <laughs> I, just like Colin, I was formerly a— uh, lead guitar player and singer in churches that wanted people to lead the music. There you go. I got the title worship leader yeah. a few times. Yeah.
1: I never did this in a church that had like smoke machines or fog lights. Were you able to do that, Tyler, at any point?
0: No, I am yeah. fortunate and grateful to say I have yeah. never used a fog machine or lasers or yeah. um, really mud- many pyrotechnics. No not not just not many pyrotechnics but no pyrotechnics <laughs> here. <laughs> so what's curious about this third series that we're doing is that we're not looking as has been our custom at music that is definitely being sung in the church, yeah. right? So when we take the top Christian song or one of the top Christian songs in a country, this may be something that's just radio Christian music.
1: Yeah. Now this the order is still a little bit in flux, but we know what number one is going to be. So, this week's number one top country that listens to the Worship Review is the United States of America. And so, we are going to be looking at the top song.
0: I've not heard of this country, Colin. What, I, what is the United States of America?
1: It's a small backwater. It's below the the amazing, you know, the very well-known country of Canada. Oh, uh, that yeah, country. Yeah, you know Canada. But so, if you just go south... Okay. There is a country below it I guess you cross um, the southern border yeah they even speak English there it's kind of similar to Canada but not quite as clean and a few other things that are a bit different but yeah it's called the United States
0: okay thanks for that
1: too. yeah so they this country is the number this country listens to us more than any other country.
0: Colin I've got a few fun facts about the United States of America Tell Canada.
1: me I'd love to learn about this country
0: okay so this country is bananas Colin <laughs> they eat. 350 slices of pizza per second what that is 23 pounds of pizza per person per year
1: i can't imagine that this is a country with many um thin underweight people
0: funnily enough
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yes uh I am mean, not trying to make fun of a country, but I can't imagine there being that many. I mean, there has to be some overweight people
0: they're, in that country. They're a wealthy country, and okay. many people live in luxury and... Wealthier um, than Canada? Wealthier than Canada. Wow, okay. Yeah. Right. Remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, curiously enough, the United States is made up of 50 uh, states themselves and several Wait. other territories, believe it or not. They are united in a nation... Wait, so which
1: one, wait, wait, so it's a country made up of other countries? It's, it's a
0: state in an abstract okay. sense, made up like of states. You mean like provinces? It's a federation. You could call it a okay. federal union. Okay, all right. Um, and different states are owned by the federal government to a different degree. So, for example, the state with the lowest percentage of land owned by the federal government is New York, with a third third of a percent of that state's land is owned by the federal government. Can you guess which state has the highest percentage of land owned by the federal government?
1: Uh, That, I think, wouldn't be too hard. It's going to be a western state, Mm -hmm. and it is maybe even a non-contiguous state. I would say it might be Alaska.
0: Alaska has the highest total number of acres owned by the federal government. Ooh, okay. I want you to think— of Kyle's drinking monster energy drinks ready to storm something. Idaho? Not Idaho. Area 51, Nevada. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Can you guess how much of Nevada is owned by the federal government?
1: Um, I'm actually going to guess over half. I would guess... S- Sixty-five percent. Good guess.
0: It's even higher than that. Eighty-four point nine percent of Nevada is wow. owned. Of that land is wow. owned by the federal government.
1: That must all be um, oases with lush forests. And <laughs> I
0: think it's where they dump nuclear just, waste. To right. be honest with you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and you okay. mentioned the language earlier of this uh, small country known yeah. as the United States, which. Um, as you mentioned, is, yeah. you know, 50 smaller Very confusing. countries. Very confusing yeah. organization. Also, there is no official language of the United States. I knew that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I knew that because people think that English is the official language, but it, it, they just have never made a federal, made a, a official language. Some states, I think, have made official yes. languages symbolically.
0: It's amazing that... So many different languages are spoken in this country and freely. And even if you go to Miami, you know, there's signs in Spanish and um no one is there to translate that for you because you're in Miami and you need to suck it up and figure it out. Yep. And learn some Spanish. So today we're taking a look at You Say by Lauren Daigle. Um we've talked about Daigle in the past because she sang
1: how this, great that were
0: uh Turn. Oh yeah that's your right. eyes up on Jesus. That's right. That's right. And this song has a very different style. Her singing is also uh, coincidentally very different. But this is the uh, singer, Christian songwriter from Louisiana. Yeah.
1: by the way, we're not going to review this song, as Tyler mentioned, as though it is sung in the church, so that's not going to factor into our review. But what we're going to do is just give a summary of the song very briefly. We'll probably break down, go into a section where we break down some of the lyrics, talk about them, how biblical they are, how not biblical they might be, or, or just any other... Uh, pros and cons about the lyrical content, and then we'll probably give some concluding summary statements about things like clarity and coherence. And we'll give the song a rating. We aren't going to endorse or not endorse the song. We'll just give it a rating, one out of five. And one out of five-somethings, Tyler and I never tell each other what the criteria are are going to be. It's typically a joke, a not funny joke. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mm -hmm. that's basically what we do. Am I leaving anything out?
0: No, I mean, we're not endorsing it because, first of all, we came to the realization that most people don't really care whether or not we endorse something. And then second of all, when we're dealing with Christian radio, absolutely they do not care whether or not we endorse it. They will produce what makes money. Yeah, that's right. um, Yeah. We're taking a look at you say, and here's a little background about the song. I found a little testimonial she had written about Ah. what prompted her to write this song. Quote, it was the day after my very first award show. And I remember being completely overwhelmed. I walked into the studio with my producers, Paul and Jason, and they asked, What's going on in your world? How has it been? It was the first time we had written since How Can It Be. I was feeling overwhelmed that much had happened the night before. How do I come back down to normal? How do I come back down to reality? This brought up the issue of identity and trying to figure out how to exist. When I feel like so many things were pulling me in so many different directions, we pretty quickly finished the writing and demo recording that day. Over the course of two years of touring, I would sing You Say every night. I remember starting to hear fans sing along to a song that had never been heard before. When it came time to make the record, it was a really fun process to have the challenge presented with something that I felt like I'd been living with. I felt like I got to a place of expressing this song exactly how I wanted to sing it." Mm. So. A person wrestling with being pulled in different directions, some um, a struggle at the core of her being yeah. after being somewhat depleted emotionally by an awards show and trying to figure out how to move on mm-hmm. from that and continue to produce. And the
1: irony, of course, is that this song then went on to win her awards. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but she had exactly. to go to more awards. So she won so a maybe Grammy. maybe we'll a
0: compound? Oh, she yeah. won a Grammy for this? She won a this? Grammy
1: for this song and a Grammy for the album as well that this song was on. So wow, pretty big deal. I mean, she's definitely-
0: I think this is probably her most successful song, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it
1: is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And she um, she was recently on this show called The Voice.
0: Never she, heard of that. She, Can you explain that?
1: I actually don't know much about this oh, show. really? No, no joke. It's just a, so. no, I seriously know nothing about this show. I just saw that she was on it.
0: I'm surprised- did she compete no. on the voice? Oh. She was like brought in, so did they yes. do like guest okay. things or something? Well, I don't watch the voice, but okay. typically, my understanding of the voice is it's very much like um, American Idol and that they will have people come okay, in it's and like sing. a
1: competition, yeah. But they just they, anyway, so they brought her on, I guess, and you know, she sung one of her Christian ish songs. Christian ish, okay, would how would you summarize this song, Tyler? Because the song does mention God once, but, uh, you know, what, how would you describe sort of what's happening in the song and,
0: and what's going on? There are two parallel conversations going on. One is between the singer and God. Okay. Um, and the singer expressing confidence and appreciation for how God views her. But then there's also this internal conflict going on, where she's second guessing herself, she's questioning herself, um, and she's trying to trying to develop a sense of confidence in her very being itself. Mm-hmm. So she's plagued by doubts uh, and insecurities, and in conversation with God, she is able to reassure herself. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up.
1: All right, so she kicks off the song, I think, with the first part of that. Uh, well, well, with one of those conversations. So she says, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again, just who I am because I need to know.
0: Okay. So we enter into the song immediately with a conflict. So we open this song, and there are these voices in her mind. I don't think she's hearing literal voices, yeah. but she's wrestling with these um, critical, doubting thoughts that tell her that she's not enough and that she will never measure up. Interestingly, she identifies it as a lie yeah, she, she that knows she will it's never wrong. measure up.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I saw that too. Do you think, Colin, that – so? so for me, there's a sense in which – Yes, that can be a lie. Like I will measure up Christ is fully beyond any measure that I would need to um to be enough, yeah. to be satisfactory. Um but my in a in a very human sense, I will not measure up. I will yes. fail. I am imperfect. It is not a lie to say that I am imperfect.
1: So many of the hymns that we did in series 2 gave us a kind of story, which gave the song a chronology. Like yeah. often there was like maybe a conversion that happened or something like that. This song doesn't give us that. The cor- the chorus is providing this constant idea that she's speaking to God and believing in God, believing what God says of her. So I think the person singing is always a Christian, mm-hmm. is present mm-hmm. as a Christian.
0: People will listen to this song, not on the average radio station they will tune into the christian radio station so yeah. there's already a presumption of christianity when you first turn it on it has all of the elements of corporate pop built into it that um even someone who does not know the artist or the context will hear it and think oh this is christian radio music yeah i i firmly yeah I am convinced that you could play this for any average pagan, and yeah. they would say, "Oh, that sounds like Christian music." Yeah.
1: Even if you could play it for a person that doesn't speak English, <laughs> if they were familiar with the genre, they right. would hear those cues.
0: Yeah, like imagine. So, in the United States, as we were saying before, there are all these different languages being spoken, and in the inner cities, for example, where I grew up, there's a um, there's a station that plays only music in Spanish, and right. Um, even before you hear any words, if if you're just flipping to the stations and you hear the accordion going, you know, this is going to be kind of reggaeton music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think we can definitely give this song the presumption of Christianity, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like the presumption of innocence in a way. Um, yeah. But I would like to contrast it with a very, very similar song um, called Who You Say I Am that we discussed on yeah. the podcast. Um, because that opens with a similar question, but answers it much more clearly. And obviously, it's it's a different context it's to be sung in churches, but who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. And then the second verse, free at last, he has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for yeah. me. That grounds the new identity in something outside of the yeah. self. In a very yeah. clear way. Right. I have another comment about this first verse. Yeah. This occurred to me as I was reading the text. Um, this is going to sound a little bit bonkers, but um, th- this is my brain, and I'm sorry for it. I think what's being expressed here is a kind of Christian existentialism. Who am I? Why am I here? Right. And yeah. and, and for existentialism, generally, the beginning point is what's called angst, um, which is borrowed from Kierkegaard originally. So dread, fear, angst and he likens it to looking over a a very um, deep chasm and feeling that sense of fear Mm -hmm. by looking down at the chasm. But the angst is not just that fear of looking down at the chasm and thinking you could fall or something. It's coming to realize that you have the freedom in his conceptualization of the human being to either back away from it, or to jump yeah, in and right. that is the real fear is that you have that kind of control yes. in that moment. I would say this is what's being expressed yeah. here. This this person is experiencing a kind of anxiety at the very least, if not existential angst. Yeah. Who am I? Um, remind me just once again who I yeah. am because I need to know. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Right. Who am I? What am right. I doing here? Right. What is my value? Right. We start here just like the existentialist does Yeah. and then we have to move somewhere. So yeah. maybe we can find out what answers that question as we yeah. go through You're it. You're not
1: going to stay in that place of anxiety. You, no. You've got to...
0: I mean, the existentialists don't. They begin right. there. Right. The Christians don't. And I'm not right. saying that existentialism is, it, it makes this somehow incompatible with Christianity. No, no I mean, no, sure. was a Christian, but, and in fact, in evangelism, this is often really useful yeah, because yeah, yeah, you yeah. can say like, well, who are you? What's right. your value? What right. gives you, and you you kind of right. induce that anxiety in a person.
1: Right. Um, well, I think you 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 ask questions that make the person realize that that yeah. anxiety is there, yeah. right? You
0: don't induce it. That's yeah. right.
1: You see it constantly in so many of the songs that we've looked at, but also just broadly. I mean, this is the, it, it lines up really nicely with the therapeutic aspects in so many songs as well. It's just crises of identity, crises of emotion, and. Um, uh, a kind of lack of grounding, and it's a shame that so many songs start there because this, uh, this existential crisis is really just window dressing on the real crisis that plagues us, which of course is the dark, the mm-hmm. darkness of our sin, um, the 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 wrath of God that we're under um, when we are not in Christ. Right?
0: You say I am
1: when I can feel. So, then we get to the chorus right away, which I think begins to resolve some of the problems that we see in that first verse. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, you say I am yours and I believe. I believe what you say of me. I believe.
0: Okay, so now we have the answer what... So, the the last verse asked, um, am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me, once again, just who I am. So, this person is deriving their identity, who I am, from an external source. And yeah. we can infer that it is God yeah. from this course, uh, although it's not explicitly stated. So, we have God um, later in the bridge, yeah, but in the not bridge. in the course. And iron I mean, not ironically, but curiously, in the bridge god is used as um more of an exclamation that's right so you have every failure god yes Um, now the chorus here juxtaposes what you say about myself and what i say or what i think about myself um we have a juxtaposition and we clearly have one side that's winning the argument right it is what god says now i do have a slight gripe with this and that is for example i am loved i am held These are participles. We've talked about participles in the past. They imply a verb. They're a form of the verb that can be used as an adjective. Um, So, if I am loved, then there is a lover. If I am held, then there is a holder, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If I am yours, then there is a possessor, and that is you. But you say I am strong, not strengthened, but strong. I think that is a different idea, and I don't think that that is um, necessarily something that God says of us in our human form. Now. Colin, do we have a basis for saying you say I am strong when I think I am weak?
1: Uh, Yeah, so we have 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Christ will use a vessel like Paul, an imperfect and weak vessel like Paul. And this shows God's strength. He is making a subjective reference to himself, but only as a way to then speak about something we know objectively about God and his character.
0: Indeed, to glorify his power by my weakness if that right. is if right. that makes sense. Right. So it's slightly different than what Daigle's saying yeah here.
1: Um, and you know Daigle just to go back to your point about grammar so like just because she says for example that she is held, it doesn't say who she's being held by sure. right So that's the issue with the with the way that the grammars constructed here it imp- obviously it strongly implies that God is the one who is loving the loving her. God is the one who's strengthening her. God is the one who's holding her. But she doesn't even explicitly say that. Really what God's doing is saying something. But there's nothing grammatically to prevent God saying, you are held by Jim over there. Yeah, or your husband or something like that. right, exactly.
0: Some Christians like to take words out of context- and then shoot them down oh, yeah. because they're not perfectly formulated. Yeah. That's not what we're trying to do here. Um, all we are saying is the grammar leaves an option open that we would not affirm. But it is clear from the context that God is the one yeah. doing this.
1: And I guess it's just a way to say it could be clearer, right? It that, could that's be all. Clearer. That's all that. That's yeah. all that means.
0: Because we're could not be. saying
1: false teacher, you know, or rah, rah rah rah. That's not what we're doing, right? Yeah,
0: but then the reassurance is, and I believe, I believe what you say of me. I don't believe these voices that are tormenting me in my head. I believe what you say of me. And
1: it's, you know, even that first line is really, really nice because she's, in the first verse, she's describing feelings. And she immediately says, I am, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. Mm -hmm. So now this is talking about numbness, which is slightly different than confusing feelings or voices, but it's a it's a similar kind of problem. Like she's describing an emotional problem, either way, either emotional numbness or just emotional confusion. And she makes a sort of declarative statement, which we can infer to mean God loves me. Yeah. Right. And this this is true whether I feel that he loves me or not.
0: The only thing that
1: matters now is everything you think of.
0: I find my identity.
1: All right. She then goes into a short second verse. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. Taking all I have. Oh no! Wait, that's not. I think that's yeah, that's one. it, right? Yeah. Wait. Okay.
0: Yeah. So where do we begin here?
1: We have some clarity here. Yeah. You know, like like the problem is self-worth. The problem is identity. And this is pretty consistent with what we saw. Like she's she's deepening our understanding of what the problem is that she identified in the first verse.
0: Yes. I think it's... Worded a little bit carelessly, but good. So, for example, remember what I said earlier about Christians who take things out of context and then shoot them down? I could do that with this here, right? I could say, well, no, it's not the only thing that matters now. I mean, there a lot of things matter, and you haven't said anything about God's character. You've only said things about what he thinks of you. And that's really self centered. Right.
1: Obviously the you the only thing here is contextualized, yes. right? The only thing in this current conundrum that yes. I'm in, right. This cognitive strife. Right. In this issue where there are things that my mind is saying about me and then there are things that God is saying about me in that situation. Yes. The only thing that matters is actually what God says,
0: right? Yes. And um I will grant the context because I think that's reasonable to do, but it still could be stronger, right? Yeah, everything yeah, you think of me. What about everything you have made me now yeah. in Christ or yeah. everything I have uh, received through yeah. Christ's perfection yes. or uh, everything that I have been forgiven of and yes. redeemed from in yes. Christ? I mean – yes. Um, <laughs> It, uh, the, the gospel is about more than God changing His opinion of us. Yes. So,
1: although the second line does say, "In you, yes, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity," which is a subtle transition away from what God merely thinks or yes. says. As important as those things are, she is saying she is she's not probably on purpose referencing Ephesians one, but there's some. She's not saying in Christ or in Him, as Ephesians chapter one says, but she is saying in you, in God. Yes, and right? not
0: in your thoughts or yes, in your words exactly. about me.
1: So that's a that is a shift towards something even more deep, even more firm, and which is relevant to problems of identity. That is our identity as Christians: is being in Christ. Amen. All right. Uh, now we get to the bridge where we actually find out that the U is God, finally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> other than other than it, no, you being capitalized. Well, the because, yeah. but you know, if
1: you had just heard this song by happenstance, you could have thought this was just about somebody that was really important to her.
0: Right, you and, know? and this is the whole Jesus is my boyfriend yes, joke right. about Christian right. music. It's like, right. well, is this about Jesus or is this about right. your boyfriend? But she does
1: say God in the bridge.
0: Taking all I have and now I'm uh. laying it At your feet. You'll have
1: every failure, God. You'll have every victory. She says, taking all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet. You have every failure, God. You'll have every victory. So, you probably, of course, noticed the grammar here, Tyler. <laughs> yes. But maybe you want to talk about that, or maybe you want to talk about something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this almost sounds like a conversion experience, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's using these present participles, taking, laying, um, implying that the action is progressive right now. Mm-hmm. I am currently taking all that I have, mm-hmm. and I am currently laying it at your feet. So, a symbol of subjugation of the self to yeah. a higher power. Yeah.
1: Um, but Christians yeah. still do that too, right? Yes. We 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 like oh, we daily. Saying, yeah. yeah, we daily pick up our cross. So it could it could be conversion language, um, but it's also true that these are just things that we yes that we do regularly.
0: And I wondered if this were a subtle reference to the elders in Revelations four yeah, laying their, their crowns, crowns yeah. at his feet, mm-hmm. um, as a symbol of their authority being. Lower than yeah. his authority, much lower. I mean, right. foot lower, yeah. <laughs> not knee lower. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you have okay. So this, again, I, I'm going to be picky about the um, grammar here because it it could be, and I think here should be worded better. You have every failure now. All of my personal failures, I confess to you, I repent to you. Yeah. Um, I get that. I don't know what's helpful about saying you have every failure, God.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know either. His
0: word never fails.
1: Yeah, I think failure is a euphemism for sin. sin. Yeah, So
0: Christ took all of our sin upon himself. Yes. Yes. Sure.
1: So I think that's maybe that's maybe what she means.
0: Yeah. I, I think that is what she – she doesn't mean that God fails or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. But it the option is open in the grammar for that. Yeah. And then you will have every victory. So right. I actually like this. Uh, she's saying – um all all future victories, all the Grammys I'm gonna win from this <laughs> song, they belong to you, God, right. and not to me. I, right. I like that.
1: Yeah, sure. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's a nice sentiment. Okay. Well I think that's those are that's the total of the lyrics in the song, Tyler. So maybe we should start to wrap things up a bit. What
0: about oh I believe? <laughs> yes, I believe. You can't <laughs> what pe- you
1: say me. <laughs> People can't see what Tyler's doing. He's doing a little dance, he's doing he's doing some some dice hand so motions. Shoulder shrugs. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. So, as summarizing thoughts, this song, as we mentioned at the beginning, deals with a kind of existential dread, uh, self uh, worth questions, some insecurities, mm-hmm. and reassuring the self as a Christian that their identity in Christ is secure and we are to believe what he has said and, mm-hmm. uh, by inference, done and not what we question about ourselves.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think it's a fairly coherent song in that respect. Like, it does keep to the problem, and it does provide a resolution to the problem. It could be less vague, for sure. It could be much clearer just even about God himself being the one in whom who, who is speaking and in whom one needs to trust, uh, you know, I like the idea of the solution to these problems being found externally, right? In what God says, and then ultimately in God Himself. I think I think more could have been made of that. I mean, she just kind of slips it in. I think that that to me would have been an even more powerful resolution. It's like, okay, I think I just need to hear God say this. But in addition to having God say this, like I am actually in him, in Christ, Uh, and kind of making that a much more central focus of the song. Um,
0: Boy, and is it good that she mentioned God?
1: Yeah, no, I think it, I mean, she doesn't mention God. I think this is a real problematic song because Mm. she doesn't mention a lot of other things too. Again, they're euphemisms for sin. You know, identity and self-worth are problems, but these are not our problems. These are not the problems that separate us from, from God. Mm-hmm. These are not the problems that put us under his wrath, right? So, you know, in the limited way that this song talks about a problem of identity, it solves it in a way which I don't think we can complain about too much. It's just that the song could be a lot clearer and yeah. a lot more detailed and major on things that it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, Tyler, I won't ask if you endorse it. Uh, What did you,
0: what did, what what sort of... uh, A good endorsement question would be, would you be offended if this popped up on a (laughs) playlist for a Christian (laughs) summer camp (laughs) in a big church van on their way to, you know, Georgia or something like that?
1: That's true. Um, Uh, Tyler, what did you give the song as a rating
0: out of five? uh, I'm kind of embarrassed, like, I gave it a low score. I gave it a three out of five Adele's because okay. um, it opens and it sounds to me very much like I heard that you settled down to.
1: I don't know who this person even is. Adele. Oh, no, I okay. don't even know who that is. Um, I stopped listening to music after about 1999.
0: Okay. So you, the dot com bubble hit and you were like, yeah, we're not all going All the music further. disappeared. sticking with this one. Yeah. I
1: heard
0: that you settled down, that you found a girl in your married
1: night
0: Fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Christian music tends to follow the trends of pop music, and Adele yeah. was really big a few years before this hit. Anyway, three out of five Adele's. Colin, what did you give it?
1: I also gave it a three, Tyler, so okay, that good. seemed reasonable to me. Okay. Uh, three out of five bottles of Windex. And this is because the music video... Uh, I don't know if this is like her house or apartment or something, but nobody bothered to clean the giant sliding glass door. So they're just smudges on the door. Mm. Like, and I'm not sure, um, and the sun is coming through the window, so you can clearly see the smudges. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, I have to say, when I saw this um, person who, okay, I'm, I'm not trying to sound judgmental here, but um, this song opens with this kind of existential angst and a lot of feeling sorry for yourself if if you want to be s- cynical about yeah. it and then you see this person in this really extravagant looking california <laughs> yeah. apartment you're like i'm having a really hard time feeling bad yes. for you i mean you got this nice balcony you've got a yeah. beautiful home it looks like maybe yeah. a pool outside it never rains
1: where you live yeah
0: <laughs> it's just <I've> never, <laughs> I, I, i'm sorry you feel this way but um yeah, so maybe that means I'm a bad person. It probably does.
1: You are a bad person, Tyler.
0: Yeah, like yeah. I said in the beginning.
1: Yep. A sinful wretch yep. through and through. You do not measure up. No. But thank goodness for Christ.
0: I believe what you say of me, Colin.
1: Thank goodness. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, thank you for listening to episode one of the third series of The Worship Review. And uh, we'll wait and see what comes up for next week. It's It's been a tight race between the United Kingdom and Nigeria for the number two spot. So we'll find out next week which of those countries has made the number two spot. Otherwise, we'll see you then.
0: You've been listening to the worship review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at the We accept donations at anchorfm slash the worship review and patreon.com slash the worship review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Long live our gracious (laughs) queen. Long live our noble queen. God save the queen. Send her victorious. Okay.